Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 259 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Today we are talking about how to do a bone broth fast as well as covering some new fasting updates and what the literature is saying about fasting. We'll be diving in on the benefits of bone broth, why and how you might consider doing an extended bone broth fast for three or maybe more days, some of the frequently asked questions, as well as how you can really level up your bone broth fast, bringing in supplements and additional food as medicine. Yes, we will also be covering some nerdy updates in the medical literature on mechanisms of fasting and impacts even on neurotransmitter levels, as well as geeking out on mTOR and whether bone broth fasting still promotes the processes of autophagy and cellular reset. So buckle up, this will be a good one and an episode that definitely will provide you the layout for a directive of doing a bone broth fast. If you've never tried one or if you've been incorporating bone broth fasting, how to, like Becky said, level it up or advance it or layer in some additional food as medicine and lifestyle principles. Yes. Before we go there, let's just have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Santa Cruz Medicinals. Yes. So Santa Cruz Medicinals provides potent, affordable CBD or cannabidiol. Cannabidiol works with your endocannabinoid system, which is hardwired in the human body. All of us have one and we make CBD endogenously or in our body. And this has the ability to impact mood, calm anxiety, regulate neurological function, and reduce chronic inflammation. It also can play favorable impacts on harnessing the HPA axis of the stress response and can counteract cortisol from being released, which can be helpful as we're going into already the holiday season. Uh, CBD can be used orally as a tincture or a capsule to aid in all of those mechanisms of action. But the problem with CBD is that right now in this day and age, it's not regulated through the industry. So when you are selecting a product with CBD, you wanna ensure that you are selecting something that is lab tested, is gluten-free, does not have any additives, refined sugars, or non-caloric sweeteners, so we don't like to add flavor enhancers and such. Um, And we wanna also see a dosage that is potent and pure. And Santa Cruz Medicinals does all of these things. They actually have a CBD challenge where they recommend participants take 100 milligrams a day to see how they feel after a week, checking in on their sleep quality, their inflammation, their mood, their concentration and focus, as well as agitation and anxiety. Um, You can distribute this throughout your day at a dropper if you're doing the 2,000 
milligrams MCT tincture. This would be a dropper at 33 milligrams per dropper two to three times a day, giving you that 66 to 99 milligram dosage. They also have a fantastic oral capsule. I've been enjoying their deep sleep capsules, which include MCT oil uh, in there, or I'm sorry, the deep sleep capsules have valerian and L-theanine in their capsules and 50 milligrams per capsule. And then if you're selecting their tinctures, they're going to have just the medium chain triglycerides in there. And you can see the quality in the natural pink pigment of that carrier oil, aiding in the bioavailability or absorption of the of the CBD, as well as um, being a non-toxic delivery. So you don't want to take CBD with soy oil or something like that. And again, a lot of the products out there might only have like 12 milligrams when we're really looking at dosages from 50 to 100 milligrams as recommended efficacy. Um, also, I will say that Santa Cruz Medicinals has some really cool salves. So their pain salves can be incorporated uh, topically for things like menstrual cramps, to exercise injuries, to rotator cuffs, uh, tendon tears, or any areas where we need that deep penetration of anti-inflammatory delivery. I've also used the coconut oil-infused CBD from Santa Cruz Medicinals on my Stella when she got fire ant bites and had a lot of edema and swelling on her ankles. So that anti-inflammatory approach can be very uh, powerful. Uh, go on over to scmedicinals.com and use the code AllieMillerRD at checkout to select some formulas for your natural medicine cabinet for injury and recovery, as well as potential sleep support, and to see if CBD orally as a tincture should be added to your regimen for anti-inflammatory and cognitive benefits. Again, that's scmedicinals.com and use the code AllieMillerRD. You will save 15% on your order. You will also receive free shipping and you let them know that you're voting from the Naturally Nourished podcast and that's where you first learned about them. Okay, and then before we dive into today's episode, let's just talk some updates. So first of all, we have been talking to you guys for several weeks now about our newest and most comprehensive program naturally nourished for the whole family. Um, so we're already getting some amazing feedback of individuals who have purchased this program and are starting to get their kiddos on track with the taste adventure video and uh, worksheet. That one's been a really big yeah. hit and we're getting a lot of feedback. Probably on the that. most DMs of like pictures of, so we love it. Make sure that you guys yeah. definitely share on social media and tag at Allie Miller RD of your kiddos drinking their first homemade green smoothie yeah. or helping in the kitchen, making the kale chips with Stella. I had one uh, listener message me and say, hey, my son just advocated for pistachios with his apple and said he learned that from Stella in the balancing <laughs> my carbs video. So super cool to see all levels at all ages really embrace this food as medicine movement. And we've also heard really powerful feedback for those of you that are going into this immune system to really feel a solid level of protection and to feel like you have this armor, if you will, of resilience and information on the area of that module eight on the immune arming your natural medicine cabinet and um, food as medicine, as well as supplement support for cold flu virus, bites, and 
scrapes. Um, so there's a lot of content in there that we're already hearing awesome feedback from you as well. Yes, I've seen a lot of pictures of people's natural pharmacies and medicine cabinets. And I think having that stock just puts so much peace of mind that like you have what you need to mm -hmm. successfully take care of your family in all of these different instances. Yeah, and as well as individuals that had done our 12-week food as medicine keto class, but they picked up on something different in our mastering macro section, you know, and so they've updated their protocol and they're feeling awesome at a phase 1.5 and getting out of that tight phase one carb control or individuals that have finally gotten their other household members on track after years of listening to the podcast and doing the work. They found some of the motivational interviewing techniques or the deep dive conversations on establishing the why in each member of your household and kind of getting their emotional and mental connected buy-in to wellness and understanding that this freedom of food as medicine can be so empowering in every single moment in your day-to-day -day life. And that when you can show up better in your body, you perform better, and it's this total reciprocal relationship versus, uh, my mom never buys the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I have to buy and sneak in these other things. So it's been really cool seeing whole households get on track and the tools are so complete and comprehensive. We are beyond excited to have released it. If you haven't checked it out yet, go on over to AllieMullerRD.com. Check it out under books and programs, Naturally Nourished Food as Medicine for the Whole Family. All right, and then last update as we are getting into October, just about, um, our next level keto class is about to begin. It starts the end of October. Um, I believe it's October 26th, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of the 2.0 smaller, more individualized than our prior live ketosis programs where we meet every week for six weeks. And we've decided to do this program kind of over that bridge of between Halloween and holiday season, holiday season all the like things Christmas or Thanksgiving yeah, yeah. all of it Hanukkah, Halloween for it. uh six weeks so between the holidays to really kind of handhold and support through what can be a really difficult time to stay on track Absolutely. So we'll be doing active challenges. We'll be using a CGM with this group live and we do it more like Brady Bunch style on Zoom where there's a lot more direct interaction. So we're able to see your faces if desired. You can always just put your name in and black out your screen if you don't want to be on, but we're getting a lot more direct engagement. Uh, we're getting participants questions live real time, plus putting out our Google forms to facilitate addressing questions in between. Um, and uh, beyond the CGM, which we'll talk about a little bit midpoint of today's episode. Um, we're also helping to troubleshoot. We do a module on stress and hormones, but again, a lot more individualized Q&A format versus like PowerPoint presentation style. We've received really fantastic feedback from the participants last year, and we're excited to do this again. Um, we will also be doing a 10-day detox, which I tend to do on the heels of this program anyway, which will be open to Next Level Keto participants and any listener or follower of Allie Miller RD. 
All right. Um, so before we get into today's content, um, just a reminder on a couple of episodes that um, have covered fasting and or topics that will be covered today. Um, so episode 63 was a pretty deep dive on intermittent fasting, types of fast and kind of fasting 101. Then episode 148 goes a little bit nerdier, perhaps, um, fasting updates and some of the anabolic influences, including updates on mTOR. Um, and then 167, we talked all about bone broth, and this was with Sharon from Bonafide Provisions. So digging in on the specific benefits and looking at bone broth quality and all of the things. Yes, including troubleshooting it in your kitchen. So that also takes us to some resources that we have on our YouTube channel. Uh, We have uh, making bone broth in the kitchen and that's like a 20 something minute video where Becky and I make both a chicken bone broth recipe, kind of the more rapid delivery with a rotisserie chicken. And then we roast beef knuckles and marrow bones and make a beef bone broth in the slow cooker. Uh, So we show you kind of different cooking techniques and the importance of roasting and adding acid for leaching out minerals and all of those key elements. Definitely one to check out if you're making bone broth at home. Even if you're a vet and you've been doing it for a while, you will guaranteed learn something cool like the biopurine in black pepper can aid with optimizing the glycine release from your bones, which is a fantastic amino acid that aids in uh, body fat burn as well as supporting GABA, that neuroinhibitory compound. And then we also have a YouTube video on blended bone broths or bone broth three ways. Is it three ways or five ways? I think it's three ways in the video to keep it, you know, bite size for for length-ish. And we talk about is store-bought bone broth legit and things to look at in purchased products. So both really fantastic resources for you as well. All right. Um, So I will link all of that and more in today's show notes. Let's just kick off with... What exactly is a bone broth fast? What does this entail? Yes, so a bone broth fast is a modified form of fasting that includes consumption of bone broth several times per day as a replacement for meals. And so you are going to be getting some essential amino acids in the process through the bone broth consumption. And you're also allowing your gut a rest from anti-nutrients in vegetables as well as grains. So you're gonna be, you know, not having any lectin, for instance. Uh, You're reducing inflammatory foods from the diet. You're also resting your microbiome if there's some dysbiosis and you're getting fermenting or bloating from the bacterial overgrowth in the system, kind of starving it off by just consuming the broth. And then you're going to be getting an abundance of the compounds that actually support and enhance your immune health and repair leaky gut. So this is something that we've been using in clinic, especially in the world of autoimmune conditions, um, like inflammatory bowel syndrome, if we're dealing with Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, and a really dynamic GI flare to really just rest and calm the gut. But as you'll learn in today's episode, there are metabolic benefits, there are neurological benefits, immunological benefits, and so many other considerations to take into account. Yeah, let's dig in a little bit more on kind of why to consider a bone broth fast and maybe some more of that like digestive benefit. Yeah, so, and and like maybe I guess times that would consider it sure, more yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I think of a bone broth fast as a really good recovery mechanism or proactive mechanism to stress. 
And remember, stress can be emotional or mental, or it could be physiological. So stress could be post-operative or pre-operative to just get your immune system ramped up for performance. Um, stress could be uh, being on a speaking circuit and being on stage, or um, you know, stress dynamic from loss of a loved one, or from a divorce, or something that's pretty high mentally, emotionally demanding. Um, because we know that the gut lining is damaged from stress alone. We know that we get depletion of glutamine, which is that building block for our enterocytes or our gut cells under elevated stress levels. And we know that the bone broth provides an essential delivery of that glutamine, which is that amino acid that actually feeds and repairs gut lining, but also it's provided with collagen and gelatin. And that aids in the gut tissue repair further, aiding to reset that integrity, reducing inflammatory stress, and enhancing nutrient absorption in meals, as well as the immunological response of the gut through the GALT, or the gut-associated lymphatic tissue. So we talk about this a little bit in episode 93 of the Naturally Nourished podcast called Getting Autoimmune Disease in Remission, and we'll be sure to link that as well. The idea, again, is that we want to nourish the GALT, or the gut-associated lymphatic system and rest it, not irritate it and inflame it, especially at times of stress demand. Got it. So digestive rest being a, a really big area of focus. And and within a bone broth fast, you are, even though you're not doing pure fasting, you are consuming, you know, those amino acids, you're supporting autophagy and it's kind of a gentle, kind of introductory way, I guess, to do that. Right. And I think for those that are high stress, it's actually more therapeutic right. because a just straight up water and salt fast or a water and electrolyte fast, often in an individual that runs in the HPA axis overdrive mode that's stressed and wired, they're already likely running lower on their leptin, uh -huh. which is that satiety based hormone. And so actually getting the compounds like, again, glycine in the bone broth, which makes GABA. GABA is an inhibitory compound, which is going to reduce the fight or flight stress response. Now, if you're just doing electrolytes and water and you're not getting that glycine and that L-glutamine and these essential amino acids, your body starts to get more leptin depleted and it feels starved versus in being nourished in a bone broth fast. And that starvation stress response can kick up epinephrine, which can further kick up LPS and secretory IgA, which can further drill holes in your gut. Right. So you can definitely see a lot of benefits to an actual water fast or an electrolyte focused fast uh, and you know time restricted eating or calorie restricted intake in general. But we find this to be both gentle, but also more therapeutic. In fact, I, to this day, even individuals that are looking to lose over 100 pounds, am still going to recommend a bone broth fast, generally speaking, over a water sure. and salt fast because of that stress response and the impact of the kind of set point on metabolism and the body feeling starved and going through some of those unfavorable metabolic responses. Sure. And providing even that small amount of protein that you're getting, you know, with a bone broth fast, you really be hitting, if you're doing the amount of bone broth that we say to do, you're hitting that minimum of 60 grams of protein. So you're not going into muscle wasting. Yes. You know, there's some protective mechanisms of fasting like HGH mm -hmm. impact, which can be muscle sparing, 
but only to a certain effect. At some level, if you're doing a five-day water fast or, or salt fast, you are going to get some myopathy or some muscle wasting because you don't have storage of protein beyond your muscle system. Okay, so this would definitely be appropriate. We mentioned for autoimmune um, and for weight loss goals and kind of kickstarting that. I think another timestamp that it would be appropriate is just when we're not feeling well, right? We talked about that in our immune-focused um module of the program that we just put out as well as our uh, recent immune update podcast. Yes, because the bone broth beyond nourishing the galt, which is where 80% of your immune system resides, this is the manufacturing house for your adaptive immune response and also regulates a lot of the macrophage innate immune response. So that in itself is huge. But also through bone broth, you're going to get N-acetylcysteine. Um, you're going to get, which has a favorable impact on mitigating buildup of white blood cell response, which is what drives like the mucus phlegm response from seasonal allergies or from cold flu virus. We also know that it works as an expectorant, so it breaks up mucus and phlegm. We know also that bone broth can support bronchial health. Um, And we know that bone broth can also be a good electrolyte stabilizer. So for an individual that's dealing with stomach bug or is dealing with fever, we're looking at hydration and, you know, clear liquids and such to maintain expectorant mucus phlegm thinning, but also to regulate the hydration and electrolyte status, which the bone broth would provide. Um, awesome. So that immune um, focused area. And then um, we also built in a bone broth fast when we recently updated our detox protocol. So I yes. think a really good way to also kick off either a 10 day detox or kind of do it at that midpoint of your 10 day detox to really ramp things up. Um, or even if you're kicking off an elimination diet, like going into doing your MRT, for example, could be a really good kind of three day gentle gut rest protocol just to get things to kind of settle down to a baseline maybe you're resetting on your ketogenic diet like after a long girls weekend or you know after a holiday celebration when you just like don't feel like eating or drinking anymore yeah yeah i think it can be a really good Mm -hmm. reset metabolically and that could again be pre or pro or both so it could be proactive, you know, prior to the indulgence time to kind of give yourself some insurance wiggle room for mm-hmm. more indulgence. And then post, if you're feeling gunk, gunk and yuck, I think that that's a really great consideration. And leveling up with the Reset, Restore, Renew Detox packs is a really fantastic approach if it is coming prior or post higher intake of processed foods or alcohol consumption or exposure to toxins like flying on an airplane. You know, travel has a lot of those industrialized toxins that we watch out about. And also as that set point with your keto diet, right? So we've talked about with weight loss, every time you hit that 10% of um, body weight, not just body fat, but body weight loss, that that's a really great way to facilitate the excretion of toxins, especially even estrogenic compounds that can drive estrogen dominance. So I think a, a fantastic approach to kind of level up your metabolic support too. Sure. And I like that kind of leading into like a, a big event because you also get the added bonus at benefit with bone broth of skin health. So that yeah. could be a really good way 
you know, not only to like be able to zip the dress you're trying to fit into to yeah. the event and just kind of be proactive with your health, um, but also to get skin like really glowing and, and looking good. Yeah. You know, I'm not a fan of any like dynamic crash diets right. per se, but I am a fan, of course, of using nutritional ketosis to accelerate body fat burn. And I have absolutely been known to prescribe a three-day bone broth fast like once a week for four weeks in a Mm -hmm. row or six weeks in a row where an individual will do a three-day bone broth fast like Tuesday through Thursday and they get really good clinical outcomes that way again because they're still nourishing their body. I keep them in ketosis throughout the whole week Mm -hmm. regardless so they're not having blood sugar dynamic spikes and crashes and then you know recalibrating back into keto but that allows the dynamics of you know uh, weekend a little bit more calorie intake of like 1200 or 1400 calories and then those bone broth fast days hanging at 600 but getting a lot of nutrient density yeah I think that's a really good point so not like a crash diet or this like binge restrict you know I'll just reset with a bone broth fast um, we don't want to do that but it can just kind of naturally mimic you know that ebb and flow of, of mm-hmm. food scarcity even definitely better than the Beyonce master cleanse yep, yep. <laughs> what is that maple syrup cayenne and water uh-huh. or something yep for sure oh my gosh so if you're to do something yep. bone broth is your friend exactly <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's dig in on just some of the research-supported immune-boosting benefits of yes. bone broth itself, and then we'll layer on like what fasting brings to the table. Cool. So we've seen that chicken broth in vitro has shown the inhibition of the migration of neutrophils, um, which acts as an anti-inflammatory and can reduce the symptoms of illness. We've seen uh, glycine receptors on several types of immune cells. So again, beyond glycine aiding and supporting body fat burn and GABA production, there's also an immune-mediated response that this amino acid offers. We know that there's compounds in bone broth that have been shown to influence our B-cell, T-cell, and macrophage activity, and that mechanism is due to supporting the GALT, or the gut-associated lymphatic tissue. We know that gelatin and glycine have been shown to reduce inflammation caused by LPS. LPS is a component that is released by bacterial cells, then could drive leaky gut and endotoxemia. So this is where we see that connection. We talked a little bit about LPS, gut health, and vitamin C a month and a half ago with our vitamin C and immune updates episode. And so this is kind of one of those pieces of the puzzle where actually the bone broth itself can reduce that inflammatory toxic response of the immune system from combating a pathogen. And then when we increase our antioxidant capacity, we can further kind of harness that in to reduce the impact. And then we know that glutamine also can help to maintain the integrity of our gut mucosa as that intestinal barrier, and it's essential for our immune defense. Okay, and then beyond that, bone broth provides a pretty potent source of N-acetylcysteine, which can act as an expectorant thinning mucus and supporting glutathione status in the body, as well as white blood cell health, um, supporting the GALT, as we mentioned, um, through the Peyer's patches, which is where a lot of our immune system resides. The production house, right? So that's in the mucosa and submucosa of the small intestine. That's where we see our CD4, CD8, and then, as I mentioned prior, T cells and B cells, as well as secretory IgA. 
and secretory IgA is a marker of our mucosal membranes. Um, so we think of this even in our nasal and our respiratory system beyond our GI system. And this is where we see a huge connection in the viral impact from pandemic and COVID in N-acetylcysteine and uh, glutathione as a powerhouse player. And we've seen clinical evidence that when glutathione levels are suboptimal or too low, individuals have more severity of symptoms and higher risk for mortality or death. And glutathione has been used as a successful tool in a nebulized form, also in a oral supplement, which is why we're big proponents of the cellular antiox as a supplement tool that would further expand on what the bone broth would provide you in, in a more potent delivery if you're looking for that respiratory support. Totally. And if you were doing this in a time of compromised immune health or just not feeling well, I think that could be a really good up level, something to add on. Um, and that doesn't need to be taken with like a, a substantial meal or food, with food at all. Totally. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And then seems like kind of a no brainer to level up and combine the benefits of bone broth with the benefits of fasting. So let's just refresh on kind of some of the research supported benefits of fasting itself. Sure. So, I mean, the calorie restriction alone is going to support fat loss. Uh, we see that insulin levels can go down without that food stimulus. So we can see improved insulin sensitivity um, or reduction of a fasting insulin value. Um, we know that there are cardiovascular and diabetic favorable impacts on um, reducing risk factors associated with these conditions. We know that there are autophagy mechanisms to fasting, which is basically the, the cleanup of faulty components of cells or of debris from pathogens, so either in immune or just cellular health. And then we know that the HGH is increased, the human growth hormone, to improve body composition. It has muscle sparing effects, as I mentioned, and can maintain muscle mass while supporting body fat burn or release. Again, what's super cool about doing a bone broth fast versus just a naked fast, not only do we see less of that stress access response having sometimes unfavorable impact, we know that we further get that body fat loss from that glycine. And so that's one of the beautiful elements is you actually want to have that bone broth. You may decide how much you have and the window of which you consume it based on what works best for your body. And it is possible you could see deeper autophagy if that's your priority of the bone broth fast by still limiting to you know a window of six hours of broth sure. consumption. And that could absolutely be appropriate. Or if it's less painful for someone like me, I'm going to sip on it in an eight-hour window yeah. and really distribute it more evenly throughout my day. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and we'll get into some more updates on fasting benefits, um, including neurotransmitter health and um, some additional benefits on our gut um, that are new in the research in a little bit. Um, but let's hone in and just get into some of the nitty gritty of like how to conceptualize this bone broth fast, what it would actually look like. Sure. So it's looking like consuming two to three quarts of bone broth per day. 
And ideally you'd want to get a variety of sources, but depending on, like you said before, if you're doing this for MRT and you just got a new list of inflammatory foods, you may be limited to maybe just chicken or beef, but we do know that there's some awesome blends out there. Like if you're purchasing uh, Bonafide Provisions has a cool blend where they have lamb in there as well. I think they have like a bison beef and lamb, the frontier. Yeah, frontier blend. The frontier blend. Mm -hmm. And so you can get varieties from different cuts of animal bone. Um, and we think that variety is important for most nutrient density. You can still use Ally Miller RD if you're ordering online through Bonafide Provisions. And um, those are really nourishing options from your freezer section. And as I'm talking brands, um, we're big fans, as you guys know, of Fond Bone Broth as well. Fond makes like delicious tonics. They're like food as medicine infusions. And I think one of the most enjoyable ways to get through a bone broth fast uh, because they incorporate like lemon and garlic and shallots or shiitake mushroom and sage or butternut squash and chipotle and rosemary. And um, they do these as infusions, so you're not getting like blended butternut squash soup per se, um, but it does provide a nice synergy of nutritional compounds and it's really fun to mix up your flavor profile. If you're doing a bone broth fast with the fond, the fond ball jars, jars, I don't know, I made a hybrid <laughs> word there. If you're doing a broth with a bone broth fast with the fond jars, it would be about four jars a day. And so you could literally have a flow of like the turmeric cracked black pepper, the no polito spicy habanero with a cactus blend that, um, you know, lemon radish blend of the, and then maybe end with the youth tonic, which is that shiitake mushroom one. And then you're really kind of leveling up. If you're using your own homemade bone broth, you might want to consider making some elixir blends like that, or at least topping it off with herbs and spices, um, or blending things in. So doing things like basil and rosemary or turmeric and ginger, uh, we always recommend adding more salt. Um, so the Redmond Real Salt or a Himalayan or Celtic salt will enhance that electrolyte stability and also flavor profile and nutrient density. Yes, and just to note, if you are dealing with like active um, autoimmune flare in terms of like a, a gut-related autoimmune disease, you know, um, inflammatory bowel or, or Crohn's, we likely would want to hold additives um, and really just keep it to like broth and salt versus especially messing with like some of those spicier compounds and like the fond nopalito. I would stick yes. with like their, you know, less spicy, not as aggressive broth or just do plain broth with salt. Yeah, you might be better. That would be maybe where you do like the bonafide, especially if you're on, again, an elimination diet uh -huh. versus getting more of these luxe um, flavor profiles. But if you're doing it for the metabolic and immune and not dealing with digestive distress or a leaky gut protocol, then you could go kind of buck wild and do some really fun infusions. Sure. Yep. Um, and then in terms of other beverages, you would still want to include water. Yes. Um, you might not need as much water as, as in a typical day, just cause you're getting a lot of fluid volume from the bone broth, but you want to include water for sure. Um, and then what about tea and coffee? What are your thoughts there and what's kind of the good, better, best spectrum. Yeah. So I'd say with the water goal, you could account half of your water from the bone broth, but you wouldn't want to go over that. Sure. So like if you're using those, um, three quarts of bone broth, 
and your water, your fluid goal is to get in three liters of fluid, you'd only count one and a half of those liters from the broth, even if you consumed over that. And then you'd still need one and a half liters from filtered water. Uh, and then beyond that, I am a big fan of getting in green, white, or black tea for that L-theanine that has additional benefit on our immune support. So we see values like interferon and even production of our T cells enhanced through L-theanine. So matcha being most concentrated would be something great to consider. And then um, coffee or espresso would be okay, but you would wanna watch out for those two if you are dealing with gut ulceration or inflammatory bowel, you know, they're more of a bowel stimulant. And also we've seen in clinical literature on the immune front that tea drinkers over coffee drinkers tend to respond more favorably and have more immune mediating uh, productive compounds from the use of that tea. Um, but you know, again, if you're doing this post bachelorette party, uh-huh. you know, go on with your bad self and that would be likely reasonable. I would just also note that the coffee or espresso could be more dehydrating. Right. So just be mindful about offsetting that and maybe incorporating an electrolyte product on top of your bone broth fast. Okay. And then let's talk about how to like divide up the bone broth. Um, and I know something that I personally have done in the past is, um, adding some fat, in. Um, so let's talk kind of variants of that. Yeah. So it kind of depends on how deep of a calorie deficit you want to drive. And I would take that based on the individual's body composition prior to the broth fast Mm -hmm. and also their body composition goals and desired outcomes, you know? So if you're looking for dynamic weight loss, um, and you have more than 30 pounds of extra body weight, you could absolutely just consume four to five servings of bone broth as is, and just leave it as is, not adding any um, calories from like coconut milk, full fat coconut milk or ghee or coconut oil, or um, you know, just adding maybe herbs and seasonings and just some tea on its own. But if you're someone that has less than 10 pounds of weight loss need, um, and then you can kind of do something in the middle ground, but if you have less than 10 pounds of weight loss need, you probably want to add in at least like two tablespoons of fat throughout that day. So you could do a tablespoon of olive oil on a plate by itself. You could um, do some full fat coconut milk blended in your broth with turmeric and ginger and um, that Himalayan salt. Uh, I'm trying to think of what we did in the anti-anxiety diet blend. There's some other ingredient, cilantro, Uh fresh cilantro. Yes. Um, And that's like a golden bone broth, if you will. Or you could do like a fatty coffee in the form of a bone Mm -hmm. broth where you just blend a teaspoon of ghee, two teaspoons of coconut oil, and that could be just like a blended butter bones kind of broth Mm -hmm. approach. Uh, So I think that it's really taking into account the amount of deficit of calorie and then also considering, um, you know, if you want to add in therapeutic tools. So if we're talking immune enhancement, this is where we might wanna try like the 40 cloves of bone broth, um, where we're doing the 40 cloves of garlic, excuse me, broth recipe and really getting enhancement from adding another food as medicine mm-hmm. profile. Totally, and and you know, if we're looking for detox support, for example, we might be topping with that cilantro, which we know can help to chelate metals um, and maybe adding some onion or garlic or shallots to the broth and, and really 
these items are going to have very minimal caloric impact and, you know, are going to really ramp up nutrient density and flavor profile as well. So that could be a consideration. Although again, like with that inflammatory bowel population, I probably wouldn't mess with any of that stuff. Yeah. But for detox support, Uh um, especially if you're someone that has known estrogen dominance or you have lost body weight recently, or you were again, doing a more toxic, you know, in environment again this could be post-operative um, from surgery you know your body metabolizing the pain medications and such or the anesthesia then we might even want to level in more detox support by adding in a half to two cups of cruciferous vegetables so you could do your bone broth fast with cauliflower rice in the base mm-hmm. of your soups sure. for instance or be roasting Brussels, broccoli, cabbage, and having that as a side, or one in the middle of the day meal of, you know, a cup and a half of roasted cruciferous, because you do want that volume and that binding impact. And these individuals also might consider even supplementing with like our phytofiber. I wouldn't bring the phytofiber into the bone broth because no. that'd be like a mealy paste. Uh, but to do the phytofiber mixed with like a couple tablespoons of almond butter, for instance, and then following with your water intake, that's going to be really fantastic. Or mashing phytofiber in with raspberries for that detox support. That's going to give you that binding that you're looking to mm-hmm. see to help to clear off toxins or estrogen dominance in the colon. Sure. That's a really good point. And then adding on for those individuals are reset, restore, renew detox packs like rise and rest throughout your bone broth fast as well. Absolutely. And then if you are at an underweight status, I generally would recommend people that are underweight incorporate at least one meal a day, truly. And if they are dealing with GI stress, I usually will do fish. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, you can poach a white fish like wild caught halibut, or um, you could pan sear snapper or wild salmon roasted in the oven. Um, And that could be eaten on the side. Or if you poach it in your broth, you could do that as like a dashi, um, nice broth where you're adding in um, you could use a fish stock first off or like a fish bone broth and or mix that with a chicken bone broth or a beef bone broth and then um, you could also add like um, scallions and other flavor enhancers but if you're underweight I would instead of just do that two tablespoons of fat for kind of like the moderate weight loss we'd want to get like three to five tablespoons of fat and we'd really ideally like that individual if they're underweight to be consuming at least 1600 calories which means really at least a 600 calorie meal mm-hmm. um, plus that you know 700 calories from the tablespoons of fat and then what we're getting on top from the broth. Sure, and we could even add in like some scoops of collagen or gelatin either within the broth or within some of the other items consumed um, just to give a little bit more protein and that'd be really supportive for gut health as well. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about kind of the fasting window, what this could look like and um, other considerations of modification. Sure, so you could follow your standard fasting window, like if you're doing like a 16-8, and if you're acclimated to doing a fat-fueled beverage and that works for your current body composition goals, then you know you would be doing a fat fast versus a pure fast per se. And we will link the YouTube video also on 
intermittent fasting and we talk really deep dive there about determining what type of fast you should do so should you do protein sparing fast that could be technically just sipping the broth you know right away um, or would you do a fat fast or a pure fast if you're doing a pure fast um, you're probably going to want 16 hours or so with nothing exception of like green tea or white tea or black tea just steeped in water so we're not adding fat to that and then when we're breaking that fast we would use that broth and then consider at that juncture for adding things in based on these other therapeutic areas of goals um, so broth can be consumed or any food can be consumed in an eight hour window or you might do a 12 hour window and you know that's all going to kind of consider based on your body's demands throughout the day how you feel pre or post exercise like if you need nourishment prior or if you exercise more favorably fasted and so forth sure all right and i like that idea of like fish and maybe you add some like greens in that poached cod example if you are doing a meal um, either to cap your day or maybe midday yeah and the people that I'm recommending to do it more regularly I'll often do of a three-day bone broth fast in the middle of the week um, you know all three of those days again it just depends on the individual's goals um, but some individuals I'll have them do one like I call it like a lean green meal you know so that can be like a salad with protein choice mm -hmm. or again roasted cruciferous veg and a four to six ounce piece of protein and sometimes that works best for the individual to do at dinner with with the household family meal sure. yeah, and yeah. then just do the pure bone broth not adding fast knowing that they're going to get that compensation of calories in the evening um, and then for other individuals they like to do that at lunch when they're more metabolically active and then sip their way through their evening yeah that can feel a little um a little bit deprived of like sitting there with your broth and um watching the family eat so i like that having that lever to adjust yeah, and I think it just depends on the household and the dynamics there because there's also been individuals that that works really well and, sure. and they're still present at the meal right. emotionally and they're having conversations with everyone and it's just about having a conversation I think also with your kids especially if you have adolescent or teenaged girls mm. to explain mm -hmm. to them the what and the why so they don't um, mimic or find disordered eating habits from it of over restriction. Yeah, I think that's a really good point and in terms of like individuals this wouldn't be appropriate for let's just hit that really quick um so eating disorder history typically i would steer away from doing a bone broth fast per se no reason you couldn't incorporate bone broth you know as a therapeutic food or even go higher on your bone broth consumption but i wouldn't intentionally do a bone broth fast Sure, I think that that's definitely appropriate because it can become a little too neurotic and a little bit, it kind of can lend a hand to disordered eating mm -hmm. if we start to find some of the phobia or that, that mental health element being yep. impacted. Yep, and then pregnancy, not appropriate, um, but again, uh, fine to bring in bone broth as a therapeutic and really supportive food for all of that connective tissue growth. Yeah. Um, same thing during active breastfeeding I wouldn't do a three-day bone broth fast but you could layer in plenty of bone broth right. that would be helpful in that electrolyte stability piece of the puzzle when you are producing breast milk totally so you could still do a one quart a day bone broth challenge yeah, consuming yeah, yeah. a quart of broth a day making one of them into a midday soup and then just having another mug to sip on in the evening sure. and I think you could get a lot of these health beneficial properties especially when we're talking about pregnancy and breastfeeding during time of pandemic 
I think that that's a really good nourishing food as medicine support, but I don't really recommend restriction of calorie in either of those areas. Uh, breastfeeding, of course, more appropriate than pregnancy of calorie restriction. Again, though, this is with the assumption that there's an overweight status and that breast milk production has been already optimized and um, there's no issues with um, you know hindering baby's fuel source. Mm-hmm. The priority is giving baby the fuel. Sure. Um, yeah, I found bone broth to be really helpful in like increasing supply and staying, you know, balanced in terms of electrolytes for sure. Um, and then what about, um, some additional areas of lifestyle support? So while doing a bone broth fast, what would be some other things to focus on? Like, do we need to tweak our exercise? What should that look like? Yeah. So that kind of depends again, very individualized, but you have to acknowledge that fasting and calorie restriction that is dynamic from your current baseline intake is going to be a physiological stressor. So you'd want to be mindful that a bone broth fast would not be appropriate during a time of heightened emotional or mental stress likely. Now again, healing and repairing, if you're feeling like you're dealing with gastritis or like really dynamic inflammation, maybe, but that individual would really wanna level up their fat intake and really ensure that they are adjusting their exercise to more gentle movement therapy and that they are getting quality deep sleep so that their body's like not like, oh no, another thing to throw in the mix. Um, generally, I recommend, just like I do with like a 10-day detox and any form of dynamic diet change, to do more gentle movement therapy, which incorporates like yoga, walking, light Pilates or bar, um, resistance training. We wanna move the lymphatic system and that lymphatic tissue um, to maintain that circulation for detoxification and immune support. Uh, but we don't want to dynamically shift to like a HIIT training. Now, if you're already an intensive exerciser working with a personal trainer and you can maintain that level of performance, you might want to do like a 20% reduction on intensity and, and then you might be able to do something a little bit higher level than the gentle movement per se. Sure. Um, you can consider leveling things up lifestyle wise with temperature therapy. So doing things like an ice bath or cold shower to promote uh, thermogenesis and that's going to stimulate lipolysis or the breakdown of body fat and that adiponectin, which is the hormone that stimulates that brown or gray fat. And there's a lot of anti-inflammatory healing effects of cold plunges, if you will, as well as infrared sauna. Now, again, for a high stress individual, I would probably go more infrared sauna over cold shower because of that more shocking response to the system. But for someone that wasn't stressed and just overindulged in Hawaii or on a girls weekend, they might do really well and reduce some of the inflammation and aches that they're experiencing from that aftermath of that toxic exposure kind of thing. So kind of depends on the ends of the spectrum there. And then we would want to um, also incorporate proactive relaxation or sense of safety, like um, maybe incorporating mantra or breath work or meditation so that the body feels nourished and safe and calm, not in that heightened fight or flight response. We talked about up-leveling with the Reset, Restore, Renew detox packs, which I think are really essential, like two to three packs a day on a bone broth fast. And then again, you can level in some of those detox supporting nutrients. And then if you are dealing with digestive stress, um, this is a time to really inquire on where your microbiome is at and if you need further support for leaky gut. So if you are an individual that has known leaky gut, 
or your secretory IgA has been elevated or you have Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, this would be a time to definitely layer in the GI lining support on a heavier dosage, like four scoops a day, three to four scoops a day to really get that L-glutamine, DGL, and aloe to coat and protect ulcerations and wear and tear. Um, this is also a time that we'd want you to consider doing a probiotic challenge because now you're taking the fiber out of the process. So we're taking out that impact of food intolerance. You know, when we're looking at dysbiosis, sometimes, as we know, like with a FODMAP diet regulating SIBO, a lot of times if there is dysbiosis, that pathogenic or bad bacteria overgrowth will ferment the long chain carbohydrates in the fibers of vegetables. Um, and we can even see the impact from carbohydrates and blood sugar spikes from fruits and such, or, you know, any foods. And so what we'd like to do is on the heels of a bone broth fast or during it, play with a probiotic challenge so you can just assess tolerance of the live active lacto and bifido in the restore baseline probiotic without the mucky data of potential ingredient intolerance. Like maybe it's not that it's a bacterial imbalance to the asparagus and the inulin in there. Maybe it's that you have an immune mediated inflammatory response to asparagus. Sure. Like it would be a reaction on your MRT test. So while you're resting the gut, that's a really good kind of clear slate time to check in on a bone broth challenge. And that's something that I'd highly recommend if you have gut distress. Sure. And then you might uh, either upgrade to the targeted strength or go to the beat the bloat protocol, especially if you notice, you know, A, you fail the probiotic challenge, but B, as you're reintroducing um, some of those, you know, vegetable fibers, you're noticing you're kind of reacting across the board versus reacting to an individual food. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about... Oh, and real quick yeah, on digestion ahead. for gallbladder individuals. Yeah. yeah, You could absolutely take digestate, even though you're not chewing food and you don't need that enzymatic support for the mechanical breakdown. You know, everything is liquid in theory, but depending, you could be doing that one meal a day and the, and the you know, two quarts of broth. But even if you're just doing a pure broth, bone broth fast, um, digestate could be appropriate for those that don't have a gallbladder uh -huh. uh, because bone broth, especially like beef bone broth, can be very fatty and that could really create distress to the gallbladder. Or if you don't have a gallbladder, it could create some loose urgent stools. Yes, I'm thinking about Brady Miller in particular, how he would do on a bone broth fast. Probably not, not great. Yeah. Um, and on that note, Allie, I don't know if you've run into this in clinic, just throwing you a curveball question, but individuals who don't tolerate bone broth, typically I think kind of a histamine mm -hmm. issue. Um, what would you do in that case? Is there any modification you could make with their bone broth or would you recommend like going to a gut cleanse first? So combination, you know, we tend to see with like the histamine bucket, if there is dysbiosis, that they're going to have more histamine intolerance. So sometimes initially doing that beat the bloat cleanse, mm -hmm. you know, so that being an indicator of, of likely that histamine intolerance, dysbiosis, doing the beat the bloat cleanse would be a really good support. And during that cleanse, bringing in for sure the bio C plus at a more aggressive level, like three to four capsules daily. Again, that bio C plus helps to regulate the LPS and the endotoxemia or the toxic release from the die off from the gut cleanse and also aids in histamine regulation. You know, so you're actually cycling that histamine liberation. 
And then I would bring in the cellular antioxidants, as I mentioned, also in kind of collaboration of the immune response, but NAC aids in stabilizing mast cells and that histamine reactivity. So um, I would at least, so the bo- doing the beat the bloat plus those two, or at least doing the cellular antiox and the bio C plus at a more aggressive dosage for like six weeks and then trying again. And then you could also, instead of doing bone broth, which we haven't technically defined, I suppose, uh, bone broth generally is going to be simmered for a minimum 24 hours. And beef bone broth, I do 36 hours in my household. Um, When I'm looking at histamine response, we'll do more of like a stock. Um, And so we would do maybe four to 12 hours of a cooking process reducing that slow simmer, reducing the leaching. Now you're also reducing the nutrient density, so it's not superior. It just may be less inflammatory and be a happy medium to give some of the therapeutic effects. Sure, I think that's a a really good way to kind of level it for those individuals. But not to say you wouldn't ever be able to tolerate bone broth. There's just something that needs to be adjusted first. Your body's telling you something's off, so you got to figure it out. Get to the root cause. Exactly. All right, Um, let's talk just for a second about um, mTOR and the question we get all the time. Doesn't the protein in a bone broth fast block autophagy? Yeah, so the idea of, yes, bone broth has protein. As we said, it has a lot of those essential amino acids that have these beneficial outcomes. There is research that shows that protein intake can interfere or have a role with mTOR. And so when we're looking at protein, we don't want to get too myopic and think any amount of protein bad. Uh Um, It's always the dose that makes the poison in any regard. So when we're focusing on mTOR activation and impact, we want to think about removing those things that dynamically impact, which would be refined carbohydrates, refined sugar, because we know when an insulin response is provoked, um, especially from these foods that are devoid of nutritional benefits, that we're going to have unfavorable impact with mTOR. And then we know amino acids in protein-rich foods have a quarter or less influence on mTOR, and yet they provide essential needs and therapeutic benefits. Okay, and I know you have a whole like nerdy um, blog that you wrote in defense of protein and how bone broth fasting can be really beneficial. And like you said, it's kind of this happy medium of like fasting doesn't have to be absolute to have benefits, right? Um, We can consume some food and still be in that caloric restriction state and still reap a lot of the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, so when we're looking at mTOR and other potential markers of anabolism or building, right, rapid growth markers, if you will, in the body, um, I just don't see enough of an impact of bone broth to have an unfavorable response. Again, the glycine and glutamine amino acids further enhance and support body fat burn and gut repair. And so when we're looking at mTOR, which is, uh, it basically stands for mammalian target of rapamycin. Um, this is a target of protein synthesis in the body. And it, it's something that we watch for like cancer prevention or aging or immune function or obesity. And the higher the levels of mTOR, they're gonna stimulate growth. So this may be the growth of healthy or the um, dysplasia malformed cells that we could see in like tumor activity. Low levels of mTOR though, 
are gonna hold on the growth and focus on instead repair, maintenance, and autophagy. And so we want that autophagy of that cellular cleanup, and we know that there's favorable immune response, favorable neurological and overall cellular response of having that um, autophagy activated. But also there is a happy medium where you don't just want to suppress mTOR levels for optimal health, you know? So again, um, when we're looking at research within this and we're looking at levels of glutamine, which is an amino acid that's quite rich and, and feeds that gut lining, and we're looking at interference with a fast, the studies that I found showed 30 grams um, of intake to have an unfavorable or a, an increased impact on mTOR, for instance. And when we're talking about like 15 gram consumption of bone broth, even really gelatinous concentrated bone broth, we're only seeing about 1.75 grams of glutamine. You know, a chicken breast is giving us three to five grams of glutamine. Um, so it's gonna be really difficult, even if you're consuming the four servings of bone broth plus a you know four to five, six ounce portion of protein, you're not getting close to that 30 grams. Even the scoop of our GI lining approach on top of that, which has 3,500 milligrams or 3.5 grams, is still gonna likely stay under that 30 gram of concentrated glutamine threshold. Yeah, that's gonna be really hard to hit with just normal consumption in the diet. Yeah, so it's really, I think the whole mTOR thing is a little bit misguided in the world of like, Again, just having an impact on that pathway doesn't mean that it's interfering and being this driver of anabolism and growth. Um, and I think that the benefits of having therapeutic amino acids definitely overweigh. Yes. Um, let's just lay out an example day of a bone broth fast. And actually we have a video on our YouTube channel where we do this and walk you through. So if you're more visual, that might be something to head over and, and watch now just for the kind of nitty gritty of what a day will look like. Yeah. So the day could start off in, in what, what kind of an individual pitch me a, a patient <laughs> we can make it a little different let's make it yeah, different from our let's video make it different from our video and from like what i personally do just right because we've talked about brains. that also yeah. on the other youtube hey, yeah. so give me a patient and how I'll give you about a day. sally who has 35 pounds of weight to lose has been attempting keto um and is is well versed in our foodist medicine ketosis program but has got the extra 35 pounds to go she's already lost 35 of her 70 pound weight loss goal, but she's hit this stall. Okay. Um, and she is moderately stressed. Um, so not dealing with a lot of high stress at work, but maybe some family stuff going on. Um, her exercise looks like just walking and yoga and a little bit of resistance training at home. So no extra stress there. And she is not dealing with any gut distress. Okay, I am going to answer all of that after I have a word from our mid-roll sponsor, NutriSense. So NutriSense is a company that provides you a continuous glucose monitor that will give you real-time data on your blood sugar. So for 24 hours a day, for 14 days in a row, you will get to see through their awesome phone app that helps you to combine and visualize all of your data of your daily activities. This includes your sleep, your stress, your exercise, and your food intake. And what's really cool is the NutriSense team will provide personalized recommendations on how to improve your health. What is unique about NutriSense and 
naturally nourished is that they've paired with our podcast. So when you go over to NutriSense.io, so it's www.nutrisense.io backslash Allie Miller RD, you can purchase a two-week option. If you just go to their website, you're going to have to jump into one of their subscription models, but they've created a unique landing page. You'll see my face on it and a little quote on why I love working with CGMs with customers. And um, that's the way that you can do a two-week option for trial run. And that's a really great way if you're exploring your metabolic flexibility and transitioning from tight nutritional ketosis into a low glycemic plan or if you are looking to see why your A1C has been elevated, seeing maybe that the middle of the night you're getting a blood sugar spike from a cortisol response, or seeing that that waking fasting blood sugar just isn't coming down, then we can help you next level with a 20 minute Q&A session where Becky can help you troubleshoot, or along with their team, you may find things like meditation or taking our GABACalm at 3 p.m. is gonna help to offset that stress response. You can also see your carb flexibility or metabolic flexibility of what foods respond less glycemically elevated for you. So you might be liberated and find out you can have a Honeycrisp apple after exercising with two tablespoons of nut butter. But if you have that at 10 a.m. prior to exercising, you get a 20 plus point variant spike. So this is really the way to take that N equals one or personalized individualized data to get clinical outcomes, to harness your metabolic health, optimize your blood sugar response, and really understand the story of beyond diet, exercise, stress, and sleep, and how you can weave all of that together into successful results. So again, go on over to NutriSense.io slash AllieMillerRD. And if you're joining us for Next Level Keto, you can go over right now if you know you're joining and grab your CGM so you're ready to rock when we start that program. Awesome. All right, okay, Sally. so let's answer Sally, and then we'll just do some nerdy research updates. So I okay. think we've covered a lot. Um, so for Sally, because she's lost 35 pounds of weight, we're going to want to take her on more of like a detox supporting um, approach. So we're going to be on the supplement world, focusing on the Reset, Restore, Renew detox packs, three packs a day. We're going to also be bringing in that Brocco detox because she's um, in that perimenopausal transition of hormone change, and likely she released a lot of estrogen. And because of that, also beyond the Brocco detox supplement, we want to think about providing her fiber throughout her bone broth cleanse for more successful outcomes. And so when we're looking at her approach beyond those two supplements, um, we're gonna start the day with an apple cider vinegar shooter right at rise, and that's gonna stimulate that bile, gallbladder, liver flow to aid in stimulating the detox process. We've also seen that that ACV um, with the malic acid in there can aid in stimulating body fat burn. So I'll just do an ACV shooter to start the day. And then she's just gonna sip on two cups of green tea. So like Essentia um, Jap Japanese green tea with cherry blossom, but you know, no carbs, no calories, um, no nothing added to that. And then the next tea would be a white tea where she's gonna add a lot of cinnamon to that tea. And that might be at like 7 a.m. was the shooter, at 7.45 was that first cup of green tea, and then maybe 9 a.m. is the next tea. And then around noon, she's gonna have her first heated bone broth. So 16 ounces of bone broth that she's going to do topped with cilantro and blended with turmeric and ginger. 
but not adding any fat to that. So just the broth itself, uh, blending in those roots to just get them nice and um, emulsified in there, and then topping it with the fresh cilantro. Then for lunch uh, time-ish, so this is going into like 2.30, 3 o'clock, we're going to do a mug of beef bone broth and just stir in a little bit of miso to support on a little bit of probiotic push for her and top that with scallions for a little bit more detox support. And she's going to put a half cup of steamed coconut, um, excuse me, of steamed um, cauliflower rice in the base of that. Yes. Um, so that's going to work really nice with like that Asian profile and optionally could squeeze a little bit of lime to add a little bit of acid to offset that. And so that's starting to give her a little bit more fiber. And then we're going to do with her that phytofiber raspberry and um, almond butter blend where she just takes four raspberries and smashes them with the back of a spoon with two teaspoons of phytofiber and a tablespoon of almond butter and stirs that up in a slurry and has that as like a 3.30 kind of midday snack. And then in the evening meal, um, we're gonna incorporate a little bit of protein. So we're gonna do a five ounce piece of wild salmon that she thawed overnight in the fridge. And that's gonna be um, pan seared in a cast iron just for different texture versus throwing that in the bone broth. Um, she's going to do bone broth in that meal with um, bok choy that she sauteed as well. So it's gonna be another in that cruciferous vegetable family. And um, then the evening is gonna do some just chicken bone broth as is. Awesome, I love it. Sounds That's like a day. really diverse day. And so she could repeat that for three days or make some variations in what kind of tea she uses. Um, or maybe do a rooibos tea kind of as an end cap. I find that's helpful like in the evening time if you're still kind of wanting something um, either to sip on or, or just needing that like oral totally. fixation, if you will, um, but doing like an herbal or rooibos tea, I think could be totally appropriate. And then she'd be doing those detox packs, rise and rest. Yeah. Correct? And maybe yep. even midday yeah. and then the Brocco detox twice daily as well. And that phytofiber and then whatever her base stuff is, of course, but you know, she's getting with like the uh, bok choy and the cauliflower rice in there, a good cup and a half of yeah. veg. And then that add in of the phytofiber. And we really didn't add a lot of fats, as you heard, right? So nothing was like mm -hmm. blended in that sense. So she could mix up like that evening meal if she wanted to blend a couple handfuls of baby spinach or, um, you know, another leafy green and do a spinach or, or like green broth soup. Mm -hmm. But we wouldn't want to, in her example, add in like canned coconut milk, whereas someone else who has less than 10 pounds of weight to lose might be doing like tomato, basil, coconut milk um, blended sure. soup. And, yep. and that could be a really delightful evening nightcap as well. Yeah, so some so many ways to just up level your fast and keep things interesting over those three days. Um, let's talk a little bit in the world of just fasting updates. Um, so I pulled a few research studies in here, starting with um, benefits of fasting on neurotransmitters, including serotonin and dopamine. Yeah, so there was a cool study with scientists in Amsterdam that discovered how fasting can actually change brain levels of appetite-controlling neurotransmitters, serotonin and dopamine, in individuals that were lean but not obese, which is kind of interesting there. Um, they found that the hypothalamus and the thalamus regions of the brain are the primary regulators. We think of that hypothalamus as the primary regulator of all things of homeostasis, um, but the hypothalamus and thalamus play a huge role with regulating appetite and meal intake. 
Um, and they found serotonin in particular playing a role in governing satiety, acting as an appetite suppressant, and that lower levels of serotonin are found in more insulin resistant subjects that are obese compared to lean. Um, so when they looked at this study on fasting, they found that there was favorable serotonin and dopamine response, um, but a note to state in the world of those that they didn't see the response from and maybe another food of, of focus, if you are dealing with more stubborn metabolism or a higher body fat percent, this is really a higher need to look into that gut brain access and really supporting the serotonin production through probiotic support. Um, so layering in quality probiotics would be a, a really key component. Sure, and, and could help with serotonin production across the board, maybe even in those obese individuals. And I imagine eventually by fasting, those that were obese that were able to lose weight would be able to kind of turn the wheels and, and start to see some of that benefit as well. Yeah, the, one of the proposed mechanisms was that the insulin resistance and uh, inflexibility, if you will, of their metabolic state um, could have played an unfavorable role in that mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so there's like that, again, set point. And again, that's, it's counterintuitive, but that may be why some of you listening maybe have tried a water or salt fast and maybe you've seen certain mechanisms go down, but not metabolic outcomes. And that's uh -huh. where the bone broth fast, because this was a pure fast. Right. So okay. it's very potential that a bone broth fast in the obese individuals would have more of a favorable influence because of that leptin influence. And not only that, but you're getting amino acids to help to build those, um, those neurotransmitters as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you can even do specifically like a turkey bone broth, right? right, right. To get more tryptophan yeah, to enhance yeah, yeah. the serotonin. And then that could provide you favorable satiety even post that fasting period of time. Okay. Um, and then some interesting research as well in terms of fasting and gut health and some new links between autophagy and our gut health. Yes, there seems to be a critical interplay with autophagy and gut health. And when we're looking at the integrity of the gut barrier, we are seeing that individuals that have deficiency in autophagy genes also tend to have compromised gut barrier defense against infections. And so this drives more of this leaky gut response, if you will, and uh, we can see by fasting, upregulating that autophagy, even though genetically compromised, if you will, on the mechanisms, that fasting itself can support tightening up that gut junction. Again, this is another research study that just looked at fasting via mere time-restricted eating, and we would hypothesize that bone broth fasting, right. of course, because of those therapeutic amino acids, which have an even accelerated process on supporting gut barrier health. Yes, and, and just thinking about you know these individuals who have compromised autophagy genes, I think they could really benefit too from doing like a quarterly bone broth fast, just kind of scheduled in to upregulate things beyond doing like a 16, you know, eight or, or 18, six approach. Absolutely. And, you know, in the whole world of immune response and inflammatory health, we've touched on this a couple episodes back on immune, you know, 
just the process of nutritional ketosis and making the metabolite of BHB, beta-hydroxybutyrate, via being in a state of nutritional ketosis or fasting, which is going to upregulate BHB, we know that that blocks that NLRP3 inflammasome-mediated disease pathway. And so we've seen researchers at Yale School of Medicine observed that human immune cells, uh, when exposed to BHB, um, which would be levels comparable to two days of fasting, actually saw a dynamic reduction in that NLRP3 inflammasome response or reduced inflammatory response. So for autoimmune conditions especially, this would be a big area of focus, as well as we go into cold flu virus season. Not only are we getting the NAC and the expectorant effects and the GALT gut-supporting effects, but we're also getting the beauty of ketone body production, which, yes, a bone broth fast again with that glycine-supporting body fat burn and ketone productivity could enhance further than just a water or salt fast. So. Hopefully today has helped you to wrap your mind around the fact that yes, you can consume bone broth and still fast, and you may in fact get enhanced clinical outcomes. And now you know how to do it, definitely go on over to the Naturally Nourished YouTube channel where we have tons of fun visual aids on how to make this a reality. And stay tuned this week of this releasing, we will be putting together a giveaway with some of our favorites over at Fond uh, and their release of their beef bone broth to support you guys all in doing a bone broth fast challenge. So stay tuned for that um, and make sure you follow along at Allie Miller RD on social media and subscribe to our newsletter at AllieMillerRD.com where we always are going to be featuring our cutting edge research, even in this time of heightened censorship. And if you're loving what you're hearing, be sure to go on over to iTunes or Spotify or Google Play, wherever you're listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast and give us that five-star review with a sentence or two about what you love listening to on the Naturally Nourished podcast. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.